We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles in studio. Juan on the buttons. Juan with a uh, mohawk. He he did a I quarantine. It's, I think it's a fauxhawk. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I the, thought the, the f- mohawk is spiky. I mean, the mohawk is like. Oh. You know, this is more fauxhawk. Okay. You did you did the uh, uh, quarantine haircut with all the kids. All the boys have have the the faux hawk, e- including your four month old. Yes, which was impressive. It's very impressive that you you, you talked Joan into doing that. Uh, Dave, so I'm not impressed or surprised that Juan was able to do that. You're not even impressed. No. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So we had a hilarious um, review of our show the other day. It was they 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 were like, it's a great concept, but why do they talk or what? Why do they have music that plays and why do they take random breaks and why do they not talk about the topic until like halfway through the show? So for those of you who are just tuning in, maybe for the first time or maybe for a. one of the first couple times. This is a podcast slash radio show. We're on a Catholic radio all across Oklahoma. I think we're on 13 or 14 different Catholic radio stations. So the heart, the breaks are actually from for radio purposes. Because there's this there's this thing out there. It's called radio. Right. And I think I, I just said kind that. of old school, but but people still listen. It sends out these electromagnetic waves. And you can hear across what they're saying across space and time, right? Generated by some sort of emitting device. Nice. There, are, there are other people in the said radius receiving these waves. Like I said, it's probably it's probably beyond you. Yeah, radio. And then the three things we do every episode. The first thing we do is we highlight a man gear, or I'm sorry, we we open review and enjoy a man beverage. Then we highlight a man gear. Then we have a topic. So we don't get into the topic to the, the second half of the show. That's, you know what? That's just the way we did the it's show. It's segmented. It's segmented. It's segmented and, show. and it's our show. And that's what we decided to do. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, we didn't ask you. <laughs> yeah. That's the funny, that's the, the funny thing you know, about like it. People, you always say like, when you're talking about what they are doing and then kind of like at the end of the conversation, they say, you say, they didn't ask me when they decided what to do. Right. I enjoyed that because this is the first time in my life. It's like, you know what? I didn't ask you. Now I get. To, I am they. Yeah, we are they, Adam. Nice. So why don't you tell them tell them what what drink we're having okay. this evening? Okay. So we are drinking a Lagavulin this evening, which yes. is just a treat. Um, Lagavulin is a lot. Just in general, the distillery uh, is a lot like um, Lafroig. They both kind of have these L words. They're, that they're only like five they, miles. They away start from each off other. with like a law, 
La Freud, La Gavulin, you see what I'm saying? So they have that in common. There's one. Okay. Um, but they also are both tend to be on the, you know, the peaty, delicious side of scotch. An Isla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lagavulin, though, I think has achieved maybe just a superb balance. The peat with the smoky. with a, a, To me, when you drink, it's like, wow, that is a balanced drink. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, well, in my opinion, it's a better, a better scotch than Laphroaig. But the reason Laphroaig is my favorite is because until very recently, it has been like half the price. Right. So that's it's tough to it's tough to beat Laphroaig at forty dollars. What, you know what, what edition is this of of Lagavulin? So this is, I mean, you would this is the Offerman edition, the Nick Offerman. So if you watch Parks, Parks and Rec, it's the Ron Swanson edition of Lagavulin. Uh, he he's been a big Lagavulin fan. Uh, he drinks Lagavulin even before the show started. In fact, he has he, he did a whole YouTube video of like 45 minutes of him doing nothing for 45 minutes, but sitting in a in a lazy boy with a fire in the background drinking drinking Lagavulin. Yeah, it's a it's a just thrilling video. Yeah, every every second of it is incredible. It's like an action film. So we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers, Juan. Why don't you read uh, the back there, and I'll try to give the notes. Okay, well, let's see how fast I can read it. The romance begins with an, adi- with an initial whiff of peppery green apple, followed swiftly by a jitterbug of stewed berries. The tangy spice from the handmade charred cask perfectly couples in a tango with the, with the peaty burnt ember characters, featuring a sensation on the nose reminiscent of your favorite campfire. To taste, the woody peaty notes lead from the front, gently tingling the tongue in a cha-cha before fading to reveal a veritable waltz of sweet berry and orchid fruit notes. The familiar Lagavulin distillery character steps forth, presenting aromatic aromatic peat with every sip. A few moments after the liquid is gone, that peaty essence remains, characterizing a wonderfully energetic flamenco finish from a redoubtable liquid with an un... Oh, God. With an unmistakable (laughs) panache... I don't know what panake is. Is that how you say that? I'm sure there's a... Whatever. Panake. That's like balake from that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this 11-year-old Lagavulin is like a top-shelf brass band blowing smoky jazz and marching straight down your gullet. Nick Offerman edition. Aged 11 years in the barrel. Mm. 46 ABV. Mm. 46%. That is a nice smell. It is, and it it has a, little, a nice peppery uh, taste to it in uh, on the on the uh, palate. It's almost like Juan, you know, you know the 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 coarse pepper that you put on steaks, and you, you whenever you smoke them, it, that char that comes on with the the peppery char that you scrape off the black. You know, if you scraped that off, that blackness, and then you took a little bite of that, that is kind of what it tastes like on the palate. Oh, man, that is. Nice. Wish everybody could be here with us. Yeah, because this would be. Like you guys are missing out. This is delicious. Yeah, it, it is a little bit. Um, it, it is a little expensive. It's Lagavulin. You're gonna pay for it. Yeah, I think this is about 110 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, you know, uh, that's just really outside my my range. Uh, you know, unless it's like, like a special gift mm-hmm. for somebody, or I don't know. I, I, 
there have to be like a really good reason for me to buy it for myself, right? But you know, boy, what, it you know what is a treat. You know what I drink most is White Horse. Do you? That's well, it's a lot. It has a lot of Lagavulin yeah, in it. It's in fact the the largest component in it is is Lagavulin. You know, it's probably like a three or four year old Lagavulin. It's mm-hmm. probably it's not their their right. good stuff. Yeah, right. but um, it's like thirty bucks for a a handle. You know what I would like to do is not too long ago. I don't think we have any more of it because it was delicious. But we had a distiller's edition of Lagavulin mm-hmm. a while back ago, and I think that was a twelve-year distiller's edition. Yeah, I bought some for Vinny. Yes, as a thank you, and as a thank you for him. You're gonna make up. him rehash that. And uh, he broke it. It was terrible. I mean, it was it was tragic. It was it was just a sad. Everybody was. He sad. dropped it. Yeah. No, he didn't drop it. He laughed and kind of bent over laughing, and it, he's holding securely to the box. Right. With it closed. It wasn't open, you know, and the bottle just came f- just barreling out of the box like a torpedo and just smashed all over the concrete floor. The, there were people literally drinking it, pools off the ground. Mm-hmm. Which I do not recommend, but... No, I don't... What do you think about the finish? What do you think about the finish, wait, man? Wait, wait, The finish. So, last week we... Oh, I'll let you... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ask you a question and then move on. Nice and long. It is. It's nice and long. Yeah, the good very, pepper. Very, pepper. very signature lo- uh, log of So smooth. So smooth. Mm-hmm. How do they do that? I don't know. 11 years. Yeah. Uh, so, Dave... Last week we said we we told the story of how I had won every single basketball game we've ever played and ever will play. Yeah, and I had the crown for many many years. And then I think were we in college or college. end of high school? Well, I don't know. One of the two. Uh, my parents would have been early college. Yeah, my parents had uh had a hot tub and that was attached to the pool. It was very cold outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a a thin layer of ice on top of the pool. Yeah, I don't know what month it was, but it was probably January. January, yeah. yeah. And yeah, because it would have been over Christmas break, right? Yeah. And uh, I said that I I challenged you to jump in from the hot tub, which you go from hot water to cold water. It's even worse than right. And I said if you swim because, seven laps, because everybody had been like jumping can in, you do it like go right. jump in and get back and see how cold it is. And it right. Was, it was cold. Right. It was. Yeah, like there's ice, on the, ice in the pool. Yeah, I mean, when you were swimming across the laps, you were breaking ice. Yeah, as as you were swimming. Yeah. I mean, like small. Ice. And there, yeah. I mean, it was little. Like, little it was thin ice, ice yeah. but you're, it's that's how it's, cold it was. It's present, right? Right. Uh, and I I think I challenged you to do seven laps. It was it seven laps. Yeah. I think it was the perfect number. It just right. Yeah. It just seemed fitting. And I said, if you could do seven laps, because the thing was like, I could will, you do two before that? Right. You know, could you go down and back in the water? I will re- relinquish my my th- my crown of winning every basketball game and yeah. allow you to start winning every basketball game we've ever played, ever will play, and ever have played. And you did. I mean, you jumped in quick. I mean, you. you yeah. There was no hesitation. You wanted that title. I was either coming out with the title or I wasn't coming out at all. <laughs> <laughs> what I decided. I, I'm dying. Uh, you know, I'm coming back with my shoulder. I'm dying on it. Right. Like I remember walking. It's like I can't feel my feet yeah. at all. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to this episode of The Catholic Man Show. This is the most recent episode of The Catholic Man Show. This is the newest one. I don't know if you've thought about that. Does that blow your mind? Like, this is the current episode. Yeah. The one everyone's talking about this week. And by everyone, we mean Juan? Yeah. (laughs) Everyone. Everyone. Okay. Very good. And as far as I know, there's only Juan. The Lagavulin... There can only be Juan Highlander. This Lagavulin is delicious. Juan said it was was possibly his top Top three. Top three. Top three, which is always very hard. I'm not sure if I can, if I would say that, but you know what I did feel about the Talisker we had last week? Yeah, last week. That to me was like, man, this was, that was really, it was just hitting in the right, it was hitting the right notes at the right time for me, maybe. Yeah. Because sometimes you think, wow, that's an incredible whiskey, and you come back, and it's still really good, but you just think, man, this is just not Mm -hmm. striking the same chords that it was the first, you know, the last time I had it or something. You know what I mean? Totally. I absolutely know what you mean. Yeah. So this week I went to uh, Seminole where my, my family, a lot of Minahans are. Uh, I went to the cemetery. My, my grandfather passed away about two years ago. And so mm-hmm. I went and saw him and, and talked to him. And let me tell you, I forgot. Every time I go to the cemetery, I, I, realize, I, I, I realize how much I hate sin. Because it makes me uh, realize how soon we're going to die. You go mm. through it and you look at all these people and all these headstones. And there's guys who are 30 years old who have died. There are four-year-olds that have died. Mm-hmm. There are people who have been there for, you know, 80 years. Like, laying in the ground for the last 80 years, you know, have died 80 years ago. There's people, you know, all different types of people. And it's like, man, the last, you know, you could live for 90, 100 years. But that's a blink of an eye, and then you're you're going to be in the ground. Yeah, you know, and what you do here is going to determine what you know what fate you have. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just like man, every time I go through there, and I I I love walking through the cemeteries and looking at the headstones and just seeing different uh, situation, like family situation. You see families together. You see like all these different aspects of of yeah. know, just life and death. And so man. Every time I go there, I leave there thinking like, just I, I, I'm rejuvenated of, of saying like, I got to be a good Christian. You know, I have to live my faith out. Good. Have That's, you ever? What a blessing th- that the, the the cemetery would inspire that do you, sense. Do you do that? Have uh, you ever done that? No, not. I don't have that. No? When I go to the cemetery, I'm going there, like what, what you were saying, you know, to visit a person's grave. Mm-hmm. And so typically I'm, more thinking about them, you know, and just like, okay. oh, you know, here's my Sometimes, thoughts about you know, because I travel a lot, a lot of times I'll have some time to kill, you know, as I'm traveling with in business. And so sometimes I'll go to a cemetery because I have to, you know, you pray the rosary every day anyway. So mm-hmm. I'll go to a cemetery and just pray one Hail Mary for each headstone as I'm praying the mm-hmm. rosary. That's a good thing to do. And uh, so I, I've done that, you know, quite a bit as I've, as I've traveled. And so mm-hmm. when you do that, you just see... Like, man, this person had a story. You know, this person walked, yeah. you know, and it just like brings home, like we all have these stories, but we're all good. We all have the same destination. Right. You know, well, a destiny. Yeah. Not, not all the same destination. Right. Yeah. So, but Sad- it, sadly, but anyway, it's just like, I, I thought about that and I was like, man, but Adam, dare we hope? <laughs> let's, uh, dare we hope? Let's, let's save that for another one. <laughs> let's save that. For, yeah. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. 
That's rude. That's rude. Is what that is. Uh, so, in the domestic home, we've been trying our best to, uh, with mass, with the holy mass being canceled, not canceled, but uh, not publicly offered. Yeah, we've been trying our best to privatized. Yes, we've been trying our best to. It's become more elite. It's like, become more elite. If you can, if you can get into holy mass these days, you really matter. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't mean that in any. It's just a joke. Don't yeah, take it yeah. too seriously. <laughs> uh, but you know, we've been trying our best to uh, formulate prayer, especially on on Sunday with our with our kids. Uh, you know, trying our best to do new things to orient them towards to, towards Holy Mass to prayer life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's given us opportunity because we've been home to pray more together as a family. You know, as as people have been quarantined, you've had we've had the opportunity to pray more together yeah. as a family. Yeah, offer. a lot of a lot of good things. Excuse me. Am sorry. I boring you? Yeah. Well, I'm you sorry. are. I mean, a little bit. But I'm sorry. Um, a lot. There have been a lot of good things from the quarantine. You know, like refocusing on the family. Like mm-hmm. you just look out your window. Everybody's taking walks together mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like people are getting together more. <laughs> In this type of quarantine. Yeah, laughing at the quarantine rules. Yeah, yeah, but anyway. Or maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. But Pr- Probably. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we've, that we've been doing uh, to, uh, to help with Holy Mass on, on, on Sundays is uh, lighting incense. Sweet. Uh, as we watch Holy Mass. Mm-hmm. And it engages the kids' senses of, you know, we have candles that we light. Mm-hmm. We have incense that we light. Yeah. Uh, so it engages. All, we're just trying to incorporate how many senses can we engage? Yeah, yeah. Because it keeps them focused. It keeps them reoriented. And I think, at least for my kids, the more that I, the more we engage all of their senses, the more they are focused on what they're doing. Oh sure. No, I mean that's not true for just kids. That's true for everybody. Well, and that's why we. That's why we do it. Yeah, that's right? true for me. It's true for everybody. Yeah. So we're gonna get a. The, uh, there's a website. Uh, uh, legacyicons.com and okay. they have uh, beautiful incense burners uh, frankincense myrrh what do they call those a uh, uh, sensor no um thurible 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 what's the sensor i'm not sure that's a good question yeah. uh legacyicons.com are we, are we even catholic like, barely it's ridiculous we're, we're not good ones uh legacyicon.com Icons.com is, is where you where you can go, and they have some great home incense burners uh, and incense starter kits. You know where you can get a little bit of different varying varying smells of incense. Uh, they're really and they're 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 pretty. You know they're they're beautiful. Yeah. You know, and so anyway, I'm gonna get one this yeah. week for yeah. for our family. That looks pretty awesome. Yeah. And can you swing that one? Probably, yeah. You probably could if you wanted to. Yeah, I just couldn't tell. It, it didn't have swingable. But there, one day, I will tell you that I got like down a rabbit trail at work. Uh, you know, like you think, oh well, this is okay because this is a holy thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine for me to stop working for this. I mean, if I was watching YouTube videos about that's a different like, that's a different about, scenario, like fail videos or something. You know, like that wouldn't be a good use of my time, but. Because this is church related, mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. And so I was, uh, I somehow ended up like looking at all these different incense devices, thurables. And Thurbles, man, yeah. there are some elaborate 
crazy. Did you see the huge one uh, in Europe? Yes, that swings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that, it's yeah. massive. Yeah, they, like they have pe- people on like multiple ropes, like trying to right. Yeah, like with pounds of. In- I mean, it's got to be pounds of incense. Sure, it has to be. Yeah, how uh, big that, it is. If you haven't seen that, that is worth looking up. Like some church in Europe. I mean, it's got to be couple hundred pounds the thing that they're swinging why do we why do we use incense do you know well uh it goes back to the old testament that god god commanded that incense be burned in the tabernacles of the Mm -hmm. you know that that he was telling them to set set up the symbolism behind it is you know supposed to represent our prayers rising up to heaven and in fact even in um john's vision in the book of revelation uh, Chapter eight. The there are angels burning incense for that for that very reason, representing the prayers of the saints. That's right. Yeah, I, uh, you you nailed it, bro. Thank you. You nailed it. Yeah, and chapter eight. I think five. Is it five? Uh, then the or four. Anyway, yeah, it's talking about it, it's talking about how uh, the prayer the incense is raised from the saints to to God's hand from the angel to God's hands. So that's why we do it. You know, it's a it's a vision. So I don't know. For me, or at least for for our, for our boys, we have to continue doing uh, things that engage not only their, you know, their audibly their their, their ears and their eyes, but like their smell. I mean, anything that we can do to get them completely focused yeah. on on prayer, we're trying to do. So Margo Margo Basso says that a thurible is a metal sensor suspended from a chains. Right. So the sensor is the thing on which the incense is, is the part where the incense is burning, maybe. And the thurible is when you take that sensor and like swing it around. Okay. I'll take your word on it. No, that's not my word. That's, that's Mar- Margo's that's word. That's Margo's word. But she hasn't led us astray. Which so. is like, you know, pretty sus- good. A little suspect. A little suspect, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what, so what, what are some of the things that you're doing right now with your kids to, you know, try keep them engaged because you know Uh i always want to ask you these things because you know i have a girl but she's she's younger than most of your girls and so i'm trying to learn some of the things that you're doing so that way i can i can play that game here's what we did today because the readings from today our our girls they go to catechesis of the good shepherd Mm -hmm. and the readings from today were lined up very very well with all of the messaging from catechesis a good shepherd sunday good shepherd Mm -hmm. right and so uh i read the readings out loud to them um, we didn't actually watch Mass today, uh, and then we just kind of had a discussion. We talked about, you know, why do the sheep listen to the shepherd's voice mm-hmm. and not... Why Why is it that they don't listen to the voice of strangers and just kind of did some Socratic leading questions, um, you know, to help... Were they engaged? Ta- oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you ask them a question, and now they're the ones answering it. So it's like... It keeps them... See, my boys would be like, I don't know. And that'd be it. Oh, no, no, no. No, they answer the questions well. And then we did prayers, you know, like prayers of the... Petitions. Petitions. Okay. Ra- wrapped it up. It was about 20 minutes. Nice. Yeah. That actually leads into our topic today. We're talking about prayer uh, and praying without ceasing, according mm. to St. Thomas Aquinas. Muy mucho perfecto. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of Lagavulin 11-year Nick Offerman edition. Got done talking a little bit about incense, offering up our prayers to the Lord. And uh, we're going to talk today about praying without ceasing, something that I thought was a very confusing passage. When I remember reading, like starting to take reading the Bible seriously, you know, you start reading some of the the quote unquote popular passages, you know, it's like, okay, if you're going to read, start taking the Bible seriously, you start reading certain, certain parts of, you know, John, certain parts of Luke, certain parts of Acts, you know, and start the ones that are the most popular. I remember going to first Thessalonians and reading when St. Paul is talking about praying without ceasing. And I was like, what? Does he say pray always without ceasing, or does he just say pray without? Well, it depends ceasing? on it depends on what you uh, the translation. In fact, the the one that I have with uh, Saint Ignatius Study Bible doesn't say pray without ceasing, but pray. I think he says pray always. But so anyway, I remember going through and uh, reading this, and I was like, well, how? Like, I'm not a monk, you know. I'm right. not, I'm like, and I gotta eat. Brother's gotta sleep. I can't right. pray. I can't pray always. Right. So like, what do you, what are we supposed to do? What are you supposed to do there? Not a machine. So uh, this actually, <laughs> that would be a sweet, sweet machine though to be. Uh, yeah, I made a prayer machine, so it's got me, covered. Got, yeah. me co- got me covered. Got me covered. So I, I used to have to wash the dishes, and now I don't. There's a machine for that. I used to have to pray, and now I don't. There's, there's a, machine a machine for that. that. Yeah. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I, I mentioned that I was t- I was uh, audiobooking this Aquinas at Prayer, the Bible, mysticism, and poetry. Yeah. By Father Paul Murray, and he was talking about this passage, which led me to. Uh, some of the things that St. Thomas said, you know, because he has some beautiful commentary on, on Scripture. In fact, I know he is, he's popular for the Summa, but some of his commentary on Scripture uh, is is just super insightful and not near as heady as, like, some of the stuff in, in the Summa. You know, it's very, very consumable, uh, and it's just very clear, very, very clear-cut. And I, I was reading it. Uh, this week, I was like, man, this but is... still very authoritative. Like, s- some of his commentary is like, this is what the what the apostle meant. Right. You know, like, yeah. it's like, wow, okay, I guess you know. Like, I didn't realize we could know for sure, but you, Thomas knew. Well, you know, there was, t- there was times where he uh, didn't know, and he would pray earnestly to be enlightened. And uh, William of, of, of Toko wrote this down... F- so that way we have this little gem that uh, St. Thomas Aquinas was wanting to know something about, you know, a specific verse that he was hung up on. He kept praying vigilantly to our Lord to be enlightened about it. And our Lord sent uh, St. Peter and St. Paul to him directly. And he had a, a conversation and he, they taught him all that he needed to know about those, about that verse. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to say, uh, he, his superior knew something was up because he was very quiet. He was like, you could tell like, You've been like something has happened to you. You're you're acting very yeah. very different. And Saint Thomas didn't want to say anything about it until, but because out of obedience and wanting to observe authority, uh, authority, you know, his superior asked him about it, and so he said like, the Lord saw saw it fitting that he, to send Saint Peter and Saint Paul to me, and now I understand this verse. Yeah, he probably said it be like something like because of my stupidity and ignorance, the right. Lord, the Lord. Saw it fit. Knew that there was no other way than to send them directly mm-hmm. because of my lowliness and mm-hmm. weakness of mind. Right. 
And so, so anyway, I mean, he, he just, as you go through and you read it, you're reading his commentary, you just realize how much he is a preacher, you know, he's mm-hmm. a Dominican, the order of preacher. Like, so he's, he has so much love for the gospels and so much love yeah. for the Bible and in prayer uh, that sometimes gets overlooked because of, because of the Summa, because of, of how brilliant the Summa is. Right. His uh, philosophical mindset is so amazing that sometimes that's the only thing that... Yeah. And you miss his poetry. You miss his a poetry. Lot, a lot and, of good things. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to talk about his this on continual prayer, but before we do, I wanted, he, he gives seven conditions for authentic prayer, okay. which I thought when I was reading it, I was like, mm, this now, is... Do you need all seven or do you... Do you yeah, need no. any one of the seven? No, no, no. This is like, this isn't like for a specific, like one time prayer, but this is like how you obtain authentic prayer. Oh, okay. I um, see. Also, but wait, before I do, you know what he talked about? How, uh, you know how we, we kneel while we pray? Uh-huh. Do you know why we do that? No. Okay. I guess not. St. Thomas, St. Thomas talks about how the strength of a man is shown in his knees how he's able to lift things up, how he's able to walk really far, like the strength of his, basically his legs and his knees mm-hmm. uh, are are what shows the strength of a man. Okay. And he says that because we we bend our knee down, we, we kneel, it shows that we are not, uh, we know that we are not, that our Lord is our strength, that it's not in us that we carry our strength, but in, in the Lord. And so he says that uh, that's why it's important to pray. It's an act of humility that we we kneel before our Lord to show like it's not my strength that I'm relying on, but your your strength alone. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just always assumed it was a sign of submission, right? Because if you're kneeling, you can't defend yourself. You're you're helpless. Right. I mean, when you're kneeling. I, I think there's a lot, but he gave that little insight that I thought was like, ooh, I hadn't heard that before, uh-huh. which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Nice. Okay, so uh, the seven conditions of authentic prayer: complete. Is the first one, which I thought, hmm, that's that's interesting. Complete would be the first one he okay. he he mentions. Humble, that, like you finish the prayer that, that you fin- yeah, yeah that okay. you don't rush, you know, that you don't like cut it off. Like, oh, I gotta go, bye, mm-hmm. and 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 leave prayer. Okay, okay. Uh, humble, which we talked about recently um, in our episode on humility. How uh, yeah, uh, continual, mm-hmm. devout, vigilant, insistent, and loving. Okay. Which I mean, they all make sense, but uh, yeah, I, feel I never like loving should either be the first or the last, right? Yeah, but I, I loved how the third one was continual, which kind of leads into what we were talking, what we're going to be talking about today. Sure, I'm um, praying without ceasing, and so the forms of continual prayer. He gives three different forms of continual prayer. Okay, so I'll get I'll give you one of them, and or I'll give you uh, you want me to give you all three of them, and then you you, you comment on them. Or you want to go one by one? Whatever you think, man. Okay. Well, the first one is uh, one does not neglect to pl- to uh, to pray during the times of prayer. He, so when you're supposed to be praying, you pray. He doesn't necessarily mean that. He says that it doesn't mean that you're supposed to be praying without ceasing, but that you should be praying when you're supposed to be praying. Yeah, that's one way. That's one way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So uh, you know, like for 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 priests, they're supposed to pray the liturgy of the hours. Mm-hmm. So when they pray the liturgy of the hours, which is what they're supposed to be doing, they're praying without ceasing because that's their duty at that moment yeah. to be praying the liturgy of the hours. You know, I think that there is some, you know, sort of like uh, the natural law inclined. Just there's something about our nature that inclines us to certain behaviors. I, I think that there's something kind of that way about praying in the morning and praying in the evening. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that there's just something about... The bookends? That just there's something about life, or just about us, or maybe our relationship to God, that kind of calls us, almost obligates us, you know, I say almost obligates us, to pray in the morning, as we rise, and as we close. Mm-hmm. You know, that, yeah, kind of the bookending... Uh, the Alpha, you know, and the Omega beginning and ending the day with the Alpha and the Omega. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. The, the, just something about that that kind of feels feels right. Right, yeah. You know, like the, that's kind of what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Not like as a minimum. Right. Yeah. But, you know, like when we have, you were supposed to be praying the, the rosary daily, you know, so... That's it. that's one way of yeah. being able to. Right. It's, it's a devotion. Yeah, and and certainly it's taking up Roman, devotions. Roman Catholics are more impressed upon to do so than right Byzantine others. And, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. So like whatever devotions you 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 choose to to do, you do them. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first one. The second yeah. one. The second one is is uh, prayer consist uh, constantly means to be praying continuously. So when you're, I'm sorry. So when you pray consistently, it means to pray continuously. Um, and everything we do comes from a desire. Like I have a desire to, to drink this whiskey. So I go and I pick, pick up the the glass. Okay. So if we desire what is good, if we're, if we orient our desires to the good, namely God's will, right. Uh, then our works can become a form of prayer. Even drinking this glass of whiskey could be a form of prayer. Everything, everything can be a form of yeah. If we're if we're uniting our will to our, mm-hmm. to, to the Lord's yeah, and I, but I but, think that's but I think it's important s- that this is the third one. The or first, this is the second one. Oh, this is the second one. The first one is be praying when you ought to be praying. Exa- okay, so he says right. this first mm-hmm. that yes, you can make everything you do a form of prayer. But like, oh well, I drank my whiskey for the Lord today, which means I don't need to say a rosary. Because it took me 20 minutes to drink that glass of whiskey. It would have taken me 20 minutes to pray a rosary. Same, same. Same, same. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, that's not what this means. And no, if you think that, you're a fool. Well, and that's a slippery slope that I think that a lot of us can fall. I know I've fallen into that. The, the, the deal of, well, I'm doing work for the church, or I'm doing work for the Lord, and thus, this is taking my prayer time. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's if you are... Doing work, quote unquote, for the Lord, that's taking the place of your prayer time. You're actually not doing work for the Lord. You're doing work right. for yourself. For yourself, right? In yeah. pride. In fact, what uh, I remember, we we're actually talking about this last night at, at Sam's house when uh, a bishop was was giving a talk or something, and and a priest came up to him and said that he didn't want to be a priest anymore. And the first thing the bishop asked him was, "When did you stop praying?" Mm-hmm. I think that, that that's a slippery slope for uh, especially priests who are dedicating okay. their life. They're giving up sure. all the goods of, of the temporal life of, of marriage and children and family, you know, to do the Lord's work and to, yeah. to organize a parish and run a parish. And uh, they can they can get into the habit of saying, well, I'm doing all this work and they neglect their prayer time. Similarly, as fathers, I'm doing all this work. I'm raising kids. I'm trying, you know, I'm providing for them. But are you praying with your child? Are you praying with your wife? doing the first thing before the second yeah and i think if you do the first one it orients yourself to the second one. order of operations man yeah so when we get back we'll, we'll continue this conversation we'll be right back
Welcome back to the Catholic Men Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about prayer. One day I would like to have a good a good prayer. Be able to like pray well one day. That'd be nice. My intent, I have so oh my intent is so good to pray well. I like kneel mm-hmm. and I'm like, Lord, I love you. I'm just gonna pray to you right now. And then it's like why are there more green jelly beans in the bag than red jelly beans? So actually, it's funny. You, you know what that. I mean? Oh, no, like, no, no. Distraction in prayers. It, it, so St. Thomas talks about Saint distraction in prayer. These days, all I'm thinking about when I pray is like, what is a better, like, is my technique okay when I'm grouting? Like, <laughs> maybe if I held it the other if way, I, I could at this have angle. a better 45 degree angle when right. I come across the grout line. Like, So St. Thomas talks about this, uh, about like the merit, like the merit of prayer, even when you're distracted in prayer, which is hilarious. Praise God. So Father Paul Murray talks about this in his audio book, which one of the questions that I asked him six years ago, whenever we saw him was, how do you overcome distraction in prayer? In humility, Father, and I had no idea he wrote this book. This book had just come out. Mm -hmm. And uh, in humility, he said, you know, it's funny that you ask me that because I get distracted in prayer all the time here's what I think you should do. But he never mentioned about the book. He never mentioned about St. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, he just kind of very nonchalantly. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, St. Thomas talks about how, is it meritorious, is your prayer meritorious even if you're distracted in prayer? And he says, yes, it yeah. is. Because most of us can't get through one Our Father without being distracted. No, I think I maybe did it one time. Uh, and But he said, but you do not receive the spiritual consolations. When you're praying, if you're, if you're distracted. distracted. So was it St. Francis who said that even if the only thing you do is constantly turn yourself back towards the Lord and, you know, like... I think that that was him, yeah. That that, that would be a, a beautiful prayer or something, mm-hmm. like, even if you don't actually, you know, so, I right. mean, like, sometimes I'll sit down and like, just, like, say, Jesus, I love you, and then, like, that is how long it takes me to, to get, get distracted. distracted. I mean, it yeah. is, it's incredible. Right. You know, I sit there and watch my own children, and I'll say, get, I'll give them a task. And they have to go into the other room, which means that they have to like walk by some stuff in accomplishing this task. And, you know, especially my one-year-old, she will get distracted on the things that she sees between here and there. Mm-hmm. And, it's and just you get like, upset about it. It's like, no, hey, or at least... I, I don't get upset about it. I know she's well, going to do... Well, a one-year-old, but like... Yeah, like, well, if it was my three or five-year-old... But you still get it. Like, come on. Hey, get it together. I asked you to do this thing. Finish the task. But, you know, for my one-year-old, it's like how funny it is that you can't walk by that thing without... Oh, forgetting what it was you're supposed to do. Right. But I am the same way. I'm worse. Right. You know, because I'm sitting there with my eyes closed. You know, I just know that they're back in the old cartoons when the demon would appear on one shoulder Mm -hmm. and the angel on the other shoulder. I wish they would still do that because I think that's so accurate. Like, it's exactly what is happening. You have these competing forces, you know. The the demon on my shoulder knows all, like... This, all, all I gotta do is like, just make him think about stupid, one thing. These stupid one-year-old human beings, you right. know, like all you have to do is be like, "Hey, jelly beans, <laughs> jelly beans." Have you thought about that? There are more green ones than red ones. <laughs> <laughs> just making that up. I have no idea, you know, the color ratio, but like, right, something like that. And then, like, twenty minutes later, I realize I should be talking about, like, thinking about grout lines. And then I'll say something like try to save it like lord help me to do the project well you know something like help, your, help my your holy labors. name lord like <laughs> like grant right. me the favor that my labors would be fruitful right. you know yeah. or something like because i love you so much yeah. you know yeah 
that I can't think about you for more than 30 seconds without being right. distracted. Yeah, But I would rather think about grout lines than your divine beauty. Right. But there is still merit there because, again, you continue orienting your will back towards God. Yeah. Back in, so that's what St. Thomas says. Like, Because he said, if otherwise, uh, almost all prayer would not be meritorious, which can't be accurate yeah so anyway so uh so we're talking about how how to continue like how do you pray continuously like saint paul's it uh, uh, tells us to do the first one was you know not to neglect the the times that you're supposed to be praying yeah Uh, the second one was to orient your will towards god's will and the works that you do by by orienting your will towards god's will be a a a form of prayer Mm -hmm. the last one was one that i that i was that that they kind of shocked me, or like not shocked me, but caught me off guard. Okay, giving alms, giving of alms is what Saint Thomas says. I mean, obviously, giving alms is a form of prayer, but I'm curious to see like how is that a form of prayer without ceasing, right? Because it's like seems like I, I don't have it. that much money. You know. <laughs> well, what he said was, is he uses. I set up my bank account to every ten seconds send one penny. No, no. What he the example that he uses is if you give, you know, you give somebody. You give food to the poor, yeah. or you give money to the poor. Uh, the people who receive, the poor that receive your alms, uh, will in uh, Thanksgiving be praying for you. Hopefully, hopefully. I only give money to nice people, to, to holy people, <laughs> to thankful people. Yeah, yeah. So, but but so he says, like even he he says in the example, he says even when you're asleep, they are praying for you. Possibly. Or whatever. That's when, the even example. when you're not praying, they might be praying. They may be praying. Yeah. You know. So that that's the idea is that um, that the people who receive this gift for you will be praying for you. Yeah. But ultimately, the only way to truly like, if you're gonna take it literally, unceasing prayer is that I drink this whiskey because you know I believe it to be. I'm I seek only to do your will in mm-hmm. all things. Mm-hmm. If I go to the bathroom, it's because it's your will. You made me this way. I drank water to, in order to stay alive. And, you know, right. here I am, you know, like all natural consequences because you have ordered things to be the way that they are. And I praise you for them. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the only way. Because otherwise, if you're taking it literally, which I don't think that you necessarily should, but there is a literal and a, uh, a figurative meaning, I think, to these passages about mm-hmm. praying without ceasing. One of them is literally pray without everything that you do become a prayer and and the way to do that is is through prayer of thanksgiving uh aquinas and saint paul talks about this constantly throughout all of his epistles is that you need to be in fact he opens up almost uh almost every epistle with i give thanks to our lord jesus christ yeah for the work that you are that is being done done in you or something so even if he then goes on to say like how terrible you're doing right or that he has a thorn in his side or you know yeah uh, you know in his flesh you know all these things that he does he's constantly saying but i give thanks to the lord so i think that's something that we have to you know it's all about gratitude it's all about no in humility knowing that i'm the created and not the creator Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so I should be thankful for what has been given to me yeah. in the situation that I'm in. So one issue that I've had in this in this department is it's like, oh, I um, because I think this is an issue with number one about being praying in times when I should be praying. I have obligated myself to pray a rosary every day, just from the own devotions that I have taken on myself. Okay, it's not right. like I've taken vows. It's not uh, I'm not committing sin if I don't pray a rosary one day. 
but it's part of the things that I feel like I should do. Like, but I, you're probably gonna spend more time in purgatory. But I think cause... I'm more likely to sin if I don't pray that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So I'll say like I'm wh- while I'm working or like while I'm whatever mowing the yard or I don't know, just doing. I'm busy doing something else, and that's why I'm not praying. There, I should stop what I'm doing to pray. But it's like, ooh, but I really need to get this done. I'll just say a rosary while uh, while I am doing these other things. And I know going into this rosary, I'm not going to be meditating on the on the mysteries. I'm not even going to be think I'm going to it's going to be a zombie rosary. Hail Mary for the grace. You know, I'm almost unconscious, which mm-hmm. honestly isn't much different from my usual rosary. You know that I'm just get so or your distra- usual self. I get so distracted, <laughs> you know, anyway. So what's right. the difference? But right, right. the difference is that I know I'm not going to be like, this is a very legalistic approach to prayer that I have taken in the past where it's like, oh, I said the words right, of so a Hail Mary. Check the box. Therefore, I have prayed. Just because I say the words of the Hail Mary does not mean I have prayed. Right. So I think that there's merit, there's merit in that. Uh, I think there's merit, in, like, like St. Thomas uh, says, even if you're distracted in prayer, even if... Okay, so let me, because I see what you're saying here, but the caveat is that this is an obligation I have to pray the rosary, not, this isn't like my second rosary for the day, where it's like, hey, I'm going to add on top of mm-hmm. the, my, the obligations, because right. uh, I see what you're saying about there being merit in just the name of Jesus. Right, so there's there's obviously, you, you know, uh, you're... Ob- by the virtue of justice, you are, and the virtue of religion, you, yeah, we you owe, owe. We God. actually have a debt, a daily debt to God, to God to pray. So I think that you have to, you have to be able to, uh, you do the best you can mm-hmm. with, with what the day. But by doing the best you can, that means what does that mean? That means you're setting aside a time, setting time aside, yeah. to to make sure that you're praying and not being uh, distracted while you're praying. Yeah. At which the end is of the day which is hard. I always think it's like, hard for me to do. The thing that I was doing is not as important as, as praying. Prayer. I mean, that's why it's so important for for me to have that pray do right by my bed at night because yeah. that is the one t- you know in the morning right when I wake up and right before I go to bed that is a spot in my house that I know that I can't get into bed and I'm getting out of bed, you know, so it's right there constantly to, that says like okay, this is my this is my moment to make sure yeah. to to give what I am due to God. At the end of the day, you have to kill something. Something has to die so that you can pray. Okay, you have to... Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's literally a sacrifice. It's like, it's like whoa, whoa, we're getting very pagan here. Yeah, yeah. But I understand what no, you're saying. No, but I mean, like, I, I, you, you think, oh, I have to get the yard mode. No, you don't, actually. Actually, you don't. Uh, you know, and you, right. it's I'm, far more important that you get your rosary in today and that you mow the yard tomorrow. And I know you think you have things to do tomorrow. Trust me, it'll all work out. Okay? Like, don't worry about it. You're you're stressing out. Just, you need to pray. It turns you... out, a lot, most of the time, whenever I, I pray more, I, I, I up my prayer game, I still have more, t- I still have time to do the things that I didn't think I'd have time to do in the first and, place. And I, I, that happens to me, and maybe it's a miracle. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe it is a God miracle. God gives us that time. It's just, yeah, like, God just is, the, is awesome. So, pray without ceasing. All the time. And pray for me, and Adam especially, because Adam really, really needs your prayers, everybody. Yes. Thank you, Lagavulin, for this. LegacyIcons.com is where you should go to get some incense. LegacyIcons.com. Yeah. You said it weird. I'm sorry. Yeah, I forgive you. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. <laughs>